It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for Live at the Sports Attic, our fantasy football program. Where we focus solely on the DraftKings main slate coming up this Sunday. My name is Alfred Ferdinand Larcher III, and I welcome you to the program. Uh, Kirk Lawrenson is on assignment. He might be checking in with us a little later, but it is a magical week in fantasy football where for years people have been betting on you know Tony Pollard to, to go off and take Zeke's place, well, it looks like uh, Zeke is out and Tony Pollard is going to be the man this week. And uh, he's going to be a feature in a lot of lineups right now projecting at 33% ownership. So Tony Pollard can be that guy. And uh, Clark Lawrenson's flying down to Dallas uh, to give us an inside information and uh, to, to witness this moment uh, live. Uh, it is bargain bin week. Uh, which is very exciting. It's it's one of my favorite weeks in, in fantasy football where there's really not a lot of expensive uh, pieces. You could do whatever you want this week. Um, and that's because the quarterback pricing is, is really low. And uh, there's even a $4,000 punt with uh, Sam Ellinger um, of the Indianapolis Colts, who's, uh, you know, stepping in and taking over the uh, starting duties. And, He's a he's a young guy, you know. He's a I believe a sixth round pick of the Indianapolis Colts. He's got great legs, you know. He, he likes to run. He, he's he's one of those guys who who could get you the points on the ground, um, like a, a Justin Fields, and doesn't have to do a lot through the air. And you know they're playing the Washington Redskins, which it's pretty easy to do a lot on. So his his ownership's really high right now. He's looking at nineteen percent because what people are doing is they're realizing that there's not a lot of top-end quarterback play this week. The highest ceiling on this slate, this is the main slate, the 11-game main slate, is 34 points from uh, Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts, they're playing the, the the Pittsburgh Steelers. So there's a question whether this game is even really going to be, you know, that imp- that important where they don't just keep running. They don't just keep feeding the ball to Miles Sanders. And, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts kind of takes a week off, relaxes a little bit. You know, Philly's projected by 10.5 points. So to spend, you know, 8300 on a quarterback this week just seems insane. Um, the next highest-priced quarterback is Kyle Murray at 7500 We'll talk a little bit more about him because he's in one of the two, uh, three games with a – over under over 49 points, which is what we like to look at. Uh, there's only three games this week over 49 points with over and under. Every other game is under 44 points. So there, there's just a, a wide gap, um, which is very exciting because I think one of those lower scoring games that are projecting the score will go off and probably win you a slate in a tournament. So that's going to be something really to look at. And the top-end games are are actually pretty sexy. You know, you have Miami, you have Detroit, you have Arizona, you have Minnesota, uh, you have the Raiders and the Saints. And, you know, there's players you're going to like in every one of those games, and there's scenarios that are are absolutely perfect. And we'll talk about the golden one, the one with the highest over and under, 51.5 Detroit Miami in just a second, but back to the quarterbacks. So you you have Kyle Murray at seventy five hundred, and you have uh, Jalen Hurts at eighty three. The only real ceiling there is Jalen Hurts at about thirty five points. Everyone else projects under thirty points. Every quarterback on the slate, and you have, you know, about fifteen quarterbacks that are projecting between 26 and 20 points. So a six-point difference. So you don't have to worry about, like, a Josh Allen going off this week and just owning the slate. Um, there's there's so many ways around it, and uh, that's exciting because all the prices are down. Uh, you know, the, the highest-priced quarterback outside of the main two is Dak Prescott at uh, 6,600. So there's just so much value here. Um 
it, it's going to be fun to play. And and don't 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 sweat the quarterback situation this week. I don't know if the punt play is right. You know, if if twenty percent of the field is going to be going to the Indianapolis Colts uh, quarterback uh, because he's the flavor of the week and uh, he's so damn cheap. You know, you, you get so much value there. You know, he's four grand. So if if he puts up, you know, sixteen points, he just tripled his value. And if he puts up twenty. Now, now you're talking about a four-time multiplier on a guy, um, which is great. But, I mean, realistically, he's probably going to give you 17 points. And, uh, you know, the, I, the question is going to come is if those $2,000 are really needed. And I don't know that they are because everything is so cheap this week. Um, there's just not a lot of danger in, in spending up a little bit at quarterback and getting maybe a little bit of a higher floor and a better ceiling. And we'll talk about some of those guys. Um, well, let's start with the Miami Dolphins and the Dallas, uh, the D- Detroit Lions. Uh, that game has a uh, 51 and a half over under. Uh, right now, the Miami Dolphins are three and a half point uh, favorites. And uh, yeah, of the f- of the three games with the higher over and unders, the highest owned quarterback, the game most people are going to levitate towards, is the Miami Dolphins and that team stack. Right now, uh, Tua Tagovailoa is projected at fourteen percent ownership, um, which which is I think the second highest on the slate. And uh, you know he's great value, sixty two hundred. There's there's great reason for him to be the guy this week. Um, the Detroit Lions cannot stop the pass, so there, there's just going to be so so much air ball in this this game. There's going to be so so much um, passing and just a, a lot of like uh, it's just going to be a fun game. It's going to be a fun game all around because the Miami Dolphins on the flip side they can't stop the pass. They're great against the run, but they're they're terrible against stopping the pass. So you know Armand St. Brown. He went out last week with a quote-unquote concussion that wasn't really a concussion, and uh, he's going to have a monster week this week. He's a guy I'm very excited about. Um, I was excited about him last week, and I think he would have had a great week, but he was taken out under that uh, the BS concussion protocol. And don't get me wrong. I'm all for you know the NFL taking care of the players and uh, taking concussions very serious. I was appalled when uh, Tua went out. And, and was put back into the game. I mean, that was just disgusting. Uh, but Armand St. Brown being taken out of the game because of an observation when it do, I don't even think he had a concussion is pretty ridiculous too. So they're just going to have to find middle ground there. Uh, right now, I mean, the obvious thing with, with Tua and what makes this the stack of the week, this is the week, this is the game everybody is stacking, and this is the, the, the team – Everyone's stacking is because it's so easy. He throws to two guys. He throws to Tyreek Hill, and he throws to Jalen Waddell. Um, right now, they're probably, especially with Jamar Chase going down, they're probably the best uh, wide receiver duo in the league. And um, the only expensive piece in, in this puzzle is Tyreek Hill at 8500 And he's got 25% ownership because, again, everything's just so damn cheap around it. Um so he's definitely going to be worth a play. Uh, I definitely want him in a double stack with Tua. I think I'm going to double stack this game. I may fade on Tyreek Hill a little bit and, and try to get creative to get away from the chalk. Instead of doing Hill Waddle, um, I might throw some Gilsicki in there too. You know, he projects well. He's 3,800, so he's very cheap play. Uh, he's coming in at under 5% ownership right now with a 13.5 point ceiling. So Michael Sicki is uh, just a great pivot away from Tyreek Hill just to, def- to differentiate yourself a little bit from the field. Uh, you can do the you can do the Hill Waddle as I said it's very affordable, uh, but it's going to be very chalky. Uh, Waddle's coming in at about ten percent ownership, so you you have Hill at twenty five, you have Waddle at at twelve, and then you have the quarterback at fourteen. You know it, get, it gets a little dicey, especially if you want to run it back on the Detroit side with uh, Armand St. Brown because he's going to be at thirteen percent ownership. So. <clears throat> If you are going to do this stack, and, and I do say you do, um, I, you're definitely going to want some exposure here. Um, yeah, getting creative is going to be key. And, uh, you know, there's a couple ways to do it. Instead of playing the Miami side, you know, shoot for golf and go the Detroit side. There's not a huge difference uh, between the two as far as ceiling goes. 
Um, you're talking about, you know, a 25 point ceiling versus a 22 point ceiling in the difference between golf and Tua. And you're saving six, uh, $700 coming off of Tua and going to golf. So you get a little bit less of a floor. But if this game is going to be a shootout, man, golf's going to get there. We've seen we've seen him do it. Um, you know, let's find another. You know, he put up thirty-seven points uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. You know, seventy-four snaps. That was an up-tempo game, and uh, you know he threw the ball thirty-nine times. This is a game where they're going to throw a lot. You know, like I said, Miami's pretty stout against the run. The way you attack this team is through the air, and uh, that's that's what Detroit's going to do. So he's going to throw thirty-five plus times. I mean, that's almost a lock. Uh, we did see him throw 41 times against Minnesota and only put up 14 points. So there is risk involved with it. But but to come off the field and uh, save $700 um, just might be a good play. Uh, and then the double stack with Detroit is possible, too. I, I, I probably might just single stack Detroit, maybe have a run back with a double stack on Miami. Um there's, there's just different ways to approach this game. You know, I wouldn't be uncomfortable doing a single stack w- with Goff uh, to St. Brown because, you, you, I mean, you're getting off the ownership with Goff to begin with. The St. Brown is, is a pretty safe play. Um, I do want to mention Khalif Raymond is is probably going to get some plays here. And, you know, he's been playing well. Josh Reynolds is the number two wide receiver, is uh, projected at 10 points. He's five. He's 5K, you know, 15-point uh, ceiling. I think that's definitely a guy who who you can uh, you can play as well. There's not a big difference in projection between Reynolds and Raymond, so go with whatever you want. If you need to save seven hundred dollars, go with Raymond. Um, but if you have the seven hundred dollars, probably go with the safer play of Reynolds. Uh, right now, neither are projecting for any ownership, so that's another good way to get at this game. And I don't think people are going to do a lot of double stacking this week. I, I think there's people are going to be inclined more. I mean, generally people don't like double stacking. It, it's, I think it's key. You know, it, it's a technique I use to win uh, large tournaments and I've won two of them with the technique. Um, but when there's so much money available, people are going to want to build dream teams. You're going to be able to do that by single stacking. You know, if you single stack golf with say Josh Reynolds, um, it's not, it's not a crazy call. And, uh, you know, you, you, you save all this money. You could go out there and you could just buy all the studs on all the other teams. Um, I, I will mention, uh, TJ Hawkinson is also in play 4,900, um, 17 point ceiling, which I believe is one of the higher ceilings in the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's like fifth highest ceiling behind, uh, Hill, Brown, Waddle, Mozart, Swift, and then uh, Hawkinson. Uh, I'm not playing Swift. I'm just like Miami. Like I said, Miami is good at stopping the run. And, you know, he's, he looks to be projecting pretty low, which might be a reason to play him to be contrarian. Um, he's only looking at about 5% ownership right now. Um, but he still, he still seems a little banged up. And even if he's full go, Miami has a good shot to, to shut it down. And this game is just going to be a, a, a passing fiesta. So the 6,800 on Swift is just risky this week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to get contrarian in a chalky build that's not involving the Detroit Lions, I think he's a good piece to play. But otherwise, I, I think I'm fading him, especially in this any game stack uh, right now. So I, I would be looking at, you know, Hawkinson and Reynolds. And, uh, of course, Hill, St. Brown, Waddle. Um, Mostert's a good play. Um, I think Miami, obviously, they're going to be able to run on Detroit. And uh, if they want to control the ball on the ground, they could do so. But this game just just feels like it's going to be a a passing frenzy. And uh, you might as well just feast on all the air yards you're going to get through this game. So very exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying definitely play it. Um, you know, we've seen the last couple of weeks where the, the highest over under generally involves a lot of players with a lot of chalk and a lot of expensive pieces that just kind of caps the ceiling because once you spend all that money, I mean, there's just nowhere to go. And, uh, I don't think that's the case with Miami, Detroit. Uh, the other 
second highest uh, over under is uh, the Raiders, New Orleans. Uh, there's still some questions. Um, you know, it looks like right now, well, you know, Waller's out and uh, Moreau is is going to play at uh, the tight end position. He's 3,100, so that, that's a great price. Um, that's a guy I'm definitely going to be looking for in a stack. You know, Derek Carr, uh, 5,900. He's on the higher end of uh, quarterbacks this week as far as pricing goes, which is crazy. Uh, but he's a guy he, he can get he, – he absolutely can get the 300 yards and have a big game for you. He has a, a ownerships projecting around 8% right now, which uh, makes me a little queasy uh, because, you know, the stud of this game, the star is going to be, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs has just been absolutely on fire these last couple of weeks and uh, DraftKings finally got around. They got the intern to raise the price up on Josh Jacobs. He's at 7,500. So uh, that's, that's a, uh, you know, he, he's more expensive than Elvin Kamara in this game. And uh, they both have the same ceiling and they both have uh, Kamara actually projects better than Josh Jacobs, but yet Josh Jacobs, $400 more uh, both Kamara and Jacobs, uh, have have high ownership. They're over twenty percent. They're both over twenty percent, uh, under twenty five. Uh, so they're 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 guys you may want to fade. And if you're fading them, then you got to think that this game starts becoming uh, a game a passing game. You know they start fading out of the run. You know if you're right on if you're right on fading the running backs, and the passing game goes off. I mean it's true. You know Kamara is going to be involved in the passing game. So you, you could stick with him and any Andy Dalton uh, madness you're doing. I don't think I'm going to be playing any man, uh, Andy Dalton. Uh, I, I, you know, bears guy. So I've seen what the red rocket could do. I know his ceiling and uh, he's just not, he's just not worth it. You know, at, at 5,500, I'd rather save the 1500 and go with the Colts quarterback at that, at that price. Um, it will try before the end of the show. We'll probably talk a little bit on how to handle the Colts game because um, I don't think you're going to want to play much in that game. Um, I don't think you want to do a run back. I, I don't. Well, we'll get there, anyways. Uh, Derek Carr right now is probably the play in this game. So seven percent is, is what you're going to eat at ownership. Uh, Devonte Adams, obviously a stud. I, I believe he has the highest ceiling of any player on the board this week. Let me just kind of check that out here. Uh, well, Tyreek Hill, uh, Justin Jeffers, uh, Cooper Cup, and then Adams are, are the four players projecting over 30 points. They're the only four players projecting over uh, 30 points at the skilled positions. So uh, he, he's a guy you're definitely going to want to uh, invest in. Um, only Tyreek Hill is cheaper than him. Uh, Cooper Cup's $1,000 more. So... You know, I don't want. I don't want to say you're getting a savings there because it's you know you're gonna you're probably gonna end up with one of those guys in your lineups in most of your builds because again you're saving so much money elsewhere you're probably gonna want to grab one of those four guys and the chalkiest being obviously Tyree Kill who you're probably gonna want to fade outside of uh, Miami Detroit games because you know you could you could see Tyree Kill having a decent game but not a great game um, you know and then Justin Jefferson uh, you know just goes off. And he's got, you know, 10% less ownership. Uh, Cooper Cup's the most expensive piece of anything on the board this week at 9,600. People are going to fade him because of that. You know, he's going to come in at about 8% ownership. So, I mean, that's going to be a decent uh, play. But, yeah, Devontae Adams, I think, is a good price point. Good ownership projection. Um, he's just He just feels right as, as, a, as a play this week. Um, that I'm probably going to want to get involved with and in, in not just this game, but in using him in, as my uh, centerpiece in a lot of the uh, games where I'm saving some money. Uh, Hunter Renfro is always, always playable uh, 4,900. You know, you, you're not, you're not going to have to look to get cheap wide receivers this week because of the quarterbacks. But, you know, if you're looking to save, in other game stacks, 4,900 for Hunter Renfro uh, with a 15-point ceiling in a game that's projecting at 49.5 over under. I think it's a good good play. Um, Mark Collins is 4,500. He projects at uh, a ceiling of about 
13 points. So he, he's worth looking at. Uh, Foster Moreau played excellent in the place of, uh, of, of Waller. You know, he's obviously playable at 3,100. So there, there's just like those three guys, Adams, Renfro, Hollins, and Moreau are all interchangeable. You know, whatever stack you want to build, you know, you're probably going to need Adams to get to the ceiling. But pairing Adams with Renfro or Hollins or uh, Moreau is just going to be whatever you feel like doing as far as, as saving. If you, if, you want the, if you want the money, uh, your cheapest option is going to be Foster Moreau at 3100 um, And then the most expensive other piece is uh, Hunter Renfro at 4900 So, again, there's just not a lot of um, – issue with cost on the new Orleans side. Like I said, I'm not touching Andy Dalton, but looking at some of the game pieces, obviously uh, Elvin Kamara, Elvin Kamara is a good play this week. And uh, he's projecting at about 20 points with the ceiling of about 28 and his price is 7,100. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go crazy with uh, Ellen Kamara exposure. Um, I'll probably be under that 21%. I'm probably going to set him at about 15, but He's definitely in play. Uh, Chris Olive has been, you know, just a smash this year. I mean, he's a new stud in the wide receiving groupings. He's 6K. And he's the most expensive uh, of the wide receivers of the New Orleans Saints. And he's probably your best bet at a ceiling. He is projected high as far as ownership goes. He's looking at about 16%, which is a little more than I, I, I'd want to spend on as far as ownership goes. But See, I mean, the, the, he's been producing, you know, he's, he's been consistent in his gameplay and his fantasy value. Um, he has not had a, he has not had a week yet where he hasn't hit his projections. So, you know, with, with the case of uh, missing a game, the guy's been on, you know, and he's exceeded his projections 60% of the time. So, I mean, you're just betting on consistency with him and, you're getting it, and I, I don't see why it's going to change against the uh, the Raiders. So he's a safe play in a lot of uh, – like if you're looking for a wide receiver too in other game stacks, he's a guy you're going to look for. Um, yeah, good play. And Juwan Johnson's another decent play, 3,200, you know, the tight end. He's getting the usage, uh, you know, ceiling at 12 points. He's he's had five targets. Uh, the last three games, he's had five, uh, five and six targets. So, and then the uh, he's also had uh, two touchdowns in the last game against the Cardinals. I'm sorry, he had five targets, six targets, and two targets. One of those was a repeat. Um, so they're using him, and they're using him more every week. Uh, so he's a guy who has value in this game. Again, another just another really cheap piece. In a game that's projecting really well for fantasy. Um, and then we move over to the Arizona Cardinals and the Minnesota Vikings. And this is probably the most expensive of the three games because you have Kyle Murray at 7,500 and you have uh, Justin Jefferson at 91. And then you have uh, DeAndre Hopkins at 7,400. Um, Thielen is 6,200. So Right now, I'm surprised that this game is actually projecting for as much ownership as it is. Um, people are fading on Kyle Murray because of the price. So I think that's a smart play to actually go go to him and try to try to get some exposure from the Arizona side because everyone's going to be playing the uh, Kirk Cousins side. He's 6,100, and uh, both players project similarly. Uh, but Murray does have the higher ceiling. And again, he's one of the the – top two ceilings at the quarterback position uh, projected. So, you know, Kyle Murray has been, uh, well, he has been very inconsistent. He hasn't been hitting his projections over the last four weeks. He, he's gone under projections, uh, which might mean he's due. I mean, the usage is there, you know, uh, 37, 29, 42, 32 pass attempts. Um, he's still using his legs somewhat uh yeah rushing for actually he's not oh that's red zone uh seven attempts for 30 yards 10 runs for 100 four for 42 12 for 26 so i mean he's rushing um 
you know, he just keeps coming in under projections. He's put up 17 points, 19 points, 17 points, 23 points. Again, this week he's projected for 22. So the upside hasn't been there for him this year, and uh, it just hasn't happened. But the Arizona Cardinals have looked better these last couple of weeks. And with Hopkins coming back, I um, – you know, I think the offense is just kind of finally finding itself. And, uh, you know, Hopkins got 14 targets last week, went 103 yards, didn't get a touchdown, so he's due. Excuse me. Helps when there's, uh, you know, two people. You could get uh, a little rest on the voice. Um, so, yeah, he had uh, 100 yards. He put up uh, – he got 23 DraftKings points last week. Um, Hopkins definitely playable here. I mean, you're spending a lot to get a Murray Hopkins stack. Um, and even Rondell Moore, I was just kind of like looking at options to, to, to play around it or, or double stack, which probably going to single stack this game. You know, Rondell is 5,100 and he seems to be kind of projecting downward. Um, Greg Dortch. Just doesn't have enough ceiling to make uh, the, the 4,100 justifiable. Um, we just don't know yet what Robbie Anderson is going to do. He's 4K. If you want to punt at it with him, you know, nobody is playing him. He does project for, you know, seven points. So he is going to be involved in the game. You know, he's got a ceiling of about 12. Uh, but if, if Robbie Anderson and Murray click right out of the gate, you know, that, that could be a good play. I wouldn't go more than, you know, 3% in like a 150 max of Robbie Anderson. Like I'm not, I have no conviction on that play, but it's something I'm definitely going to look for um, to be able to get down at the spending of Kyle Murray, 7,500. If I want to play Kyle Murray, you know, the way most people are going to attack this game, as I said, is from the Minnesota side, Kirk Cousins coming in at 10% ownership. Um, And his pieces are expensive too. Uh, You know, Justin Jefferson, 9,100, Thielen, 6,200, KJ Osborne. If you really want to get crazy, he's 4,200. I don't like Osborne at all. So I'm doing a full fade on him. I will play a little Thielen and stacks. Uh, I'm still debating if I want to single stack or double stack this game. The pricing is so high, I may end up just single stacking. Um, Or I'm going to play a lot of uh, Irv Smith at 3,500, which actually is a pretty decent play. You know, he is projecting at 12% ownership. And with Cousins at 10% ownership, that's clearly the path everybody's taken. So... You know, you're just you're just going to be playing the playing with the field if you do that. So the contrarian thing to do is actually to spend up and and find a way to get like Adam Thielen. Not, not really spend up, but sixty two hundred. Um, Thielen's probably your best piece in a double stack. Whether it's a double stack with Irv Smith or a double stack with Justin Jefferson, um, Adam Thielen is is a good play. Um, you know, he's got a real ceiling. And he's got a good projection. And he's got a high floor, and they looked. They look at. They look for him in, in towards the end zone. So he does have some touchdown equity. Um, so Thielen definitely worth uh, mixing in on your stacks. Delvin Cook, um, if you want to look at the running back in this game, he has a good ceiling. He's seventy six hundred. I'm definitely gonna have exposure on him. You know, he just hasn't had a great year. As far as projections go, he's the last three of the last four games. Um, he came under projection three times. Last week he went over projection uh, by ten points. Uh, so he had a decent, decent, decent week last week, and maybe that continues this week. Thirteen touches, seventy-seven yards, and a touchdown, and uh, only one target for six yards in uh, last week's game, but, you know, he, he got where he needed to go as far as projection goes, but definitely we haven't seen it. We haven't seen a ceiling on Delvin cook in a long time. And it's, it's starting, you're really starting to feel it. And of course, you know, he's $2,000 now down from, from his peak and uh, he's very affordable, but you know, the last time we saw a ceiling from him, well, 
two weeks ago against the Bears, you saw 26 points, which was a good game. But the last time we saw a real ceiling was uh, December of uh, 2021, where he put up 38 points against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's been a long time for Dalvin Cook. And, uh, yeah, I mean, at that price point, he's just going to be – it's going to be a hard play this week. I'm probably not going to look to play much Delvin Cook, but I will have a little bit of exposure. The field's at 5%. I may be about there. Uh, James Conner's still questionable. We just don't know what's going to happen there. So that's kind of a wait and see between Eno and James Conner as to what you, what you want to do there. Um, right now, it does look like maybe James Conner is going to play. And uh, he actually projects pretty well. Um if he, if he does play, if I get a late word on him and his ownership stays really low, uh, I think he's going to be a good play this week because 6,100 and no ownership is, is pretty enticing. I mean, that, that changes. If he's a game-time decision, his ownership's going to stay really low. And if we, if we get word early morning that he's going to play, you know, I think he's a good play. If Friday, if, if later tonight, you know, the injury report comes out and he's off it or, you know, he, he's definitely playing Sunday. His ownership is going to come up some. I don't, I can't see it getting higher than, you know, 10, 15%. So he's definitely a good play uh, with a decent ceiling uh, in a game that, you know, it's in a dome and it, it's going to be fast. There's going to be a lot of running. Um, so of the, of the three games with the over-unders, this is my least favorite because of the pricing. You know, I, I, th- I do think Miami – Detroit is the best game of the three, uh, but I think that's going to be obvious because it does have the highest over and under, and I think a lot of people are going to be there. And if you want to win a very large field tournament, it's probably not one of these three games. And if you want to, if you want to play a smaller tournament, you know, cash game, I'd be looking for pieces within those three games. But for, as far as tournament play goes, I, I think these are games you, you may want to just cut ties with um, unless you're going to get really creative with ownership. So that, that just leaves the rest of the games. And the problem with this week and the reason the over-unders are so low is because the matchups that are good only have one side that's playing good football. You know, an example would be the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts, the highest projecting quarterback on the field, but they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are just terrible. So it's most likely Philly's just going to run a score up quick, and then they're just going to keep handing the balls off to uh, Miles Sanders at 6,600. You know, he's just a fantastic play. Um, he's projecting under 5%. I can't, I, I don't think that's true. I think he's going to. Well, let me look at another source of uh, ownership here. See if we get a different take on it. Yeah, I mean, he's projecting under 5% ownership right now. Man, that's a smash. If that's going to hold true, I mean, absolutely smash Miles Sanders in a lot of your lineups because he's going to be a nice pivot off of the chalk. Um, And there are some chalky running backs this week in that same price point. Uh, Let me just kind of look at everybody here and see where he fits. So. In that price range, you have – ah, is it screwing with me right now? There we go. Why, why is he doing that? Son of a bitch. It should be a simple sort, you know? You just hit the button and it sorts. But, no, it's giving me problems here. Uh, you know, Moser, it's 5,900, so a little bit cheaper with a better projection. But his ownership's going to be at about 18%. Uh, nobody's really looking at Michael Carter right now, which which might be a mistake. He's under 5%. But all the ownership in that price point is the guy we talked about at the top of the show, and uh, that's Tony Pollard, who just has a huge ceiling in a game against, you know, the Chicago Bears, who just you could slash them on the ground. And Tony Pollard's exactly the kind of running back who could destroy the Bears. So he he's eating the ownership at 33%. And then right there at the same price point, 6,300, you're looking at 24% ownership going to D- D- Damian Pierce of the Houston Texans. And then uh, Stevenson of the Patriots is 6,400. And then Ken Walker the third is 6,500 of the, C- the Seattle Seahawks. All those guys are at about 25% ownership. So, all the ownership is condensing to, you know, five guys, Pollard, Pierce, Stevenson, Walker. And 
you know, that means in most people's build, like their number two running back is going to be one of these, one of these five guys. And that's where the chalk is going to be. So if you could get away, any opportunity you have to get away from those guys is, is, is key. And Miles Sanders just fits the description of a guy who, who's involved in the game plan in a game, most likely the Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles are just going to want to run the ball. You know, uh, they're going to have a huge lead against the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Penguins, that was called, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so it just makes a lot of sense. You know, I kind of shat on uh, uh, DeAndre Swift earlier. He's 6,800. And because of these guys right here that I mentioned are, are a little bit cheaper and project better, nobody's playing him. So he's another guy you're going to want to look at as a pivot off of the really chalky plays. And then David Montgomery, you know, the Dallas Cowboys are, are fierce uh, against the run. So he's probably not – he's not projecting well, and he's seeing, you know, more snaps go to Kaleeb Herbert. So he, he's just kind of an ugly play. Delvin is getting so little work in the past game this year. Very odd. Yeah. That's Ed check it in. I agree. Um, that's why, man, I just like, he's just a hard guy to play right now. And the price on him just isn't, you know, for $400 more, I could get Jonathan Taylor. Uh, it just makes a lot more sense. And, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley is right there at 8,100. Um, people aren't going to be spending too high at running back. You know, if you want to play McCaffrey against the Rams, uh, you know, go for it. He's under 5% ownership. And that's the guy when, when you see McCaffrey, you know, he's 8,700, which is a good price in under 5% ownership. I, that, that gets me excited. Uh, Derek Henry is going to be the expensive guy. Everyone's going for this week. They're playing the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are absolutely God awful against the run. So he makes a lot of sense. He's right under the, that 30 point ceiling. He's at 29. He's 8,400. Like he, he's a great play, but again, he's going to be the chalk. Um, and I think that's just an easy fade. And I, I think the pivot is, is to spend the $300 more and go to McCaffrey or, or spend, uh, you know, or save $400 and go to Taylor uh, who just has no projection at ownership right now. So that's what I would do. I would stay away from Derrick Henry. It, it's such a great spot. And, you know, last week, Josh Jacobs was in that perfect spot and all the ownership was on Jake, Josh Jacobs and it felt like a fade, but you couldn't. And it was smart if you didn't. Um, I didn't fade him that hard. I think he was at 35 percent ownership. I think I kept him at about 30, 25, 30 percent. So that I don't think is this situation. I think Derrick Henry very much could have a bad game. Um, you know, we, we've seen it with him and, you know. Over the last four weeks, he's actually be beaten his projection. Um, he's exceeding his uh, projections 56% of the time on the year. Uh, but his ceiling just hasn't really been all that there. 19, 19 points last week, 30, 26, 25. You know, if he gets under 30, it's probably a bad play. And he's only had 30 once in the last three weeks. You know, 25 points, 26 points, I'm not too excited about. And then last week he put up 19, which, again, I mean, it's just not going to not gonna help you. But 30 attempts, 28 attempts, 22 attempts, 20. Um, you know, he's, he's good for 100 yards with that many attempts. He's going to get it, and probably he's going to get you a touchdown. So, yeah. But I, I still I – still, I'm still going Jonathan Taylor over the two. Um, what game was I talking about? Oh yeah. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, <sighs> man, it's, it's the same scenario with a lot of these teams. Cause you have, uh, the Seattle Seahawks versus the New York giants. Like that game of all the games on the lower price, that one just screams, play me. <laughs> you have a real high tempo on both sides of the ball. Geno Smith's playing excellent. You know, Danny Dimes is doing Danny Dimes things. The problem, my concern really is the weather. It's the only game that, that has uh, some weather concerns. 
And I think people are going to play this game a lot. You know, I, I think smart players are going to go to it. Uh, there's there's uh, 54 degrees, possible light rain, 13 mile an hour winds. So I, I wouldn't fade it too far. Uh, of all the games, it is most logical to be in the uh, uh, the top over unders on the week to exceed its its projected over and under of forty four and a half. Um, I could definitely see the over hitting, and you know it's in Seattle. Uh, both quarterbacks are, are cheap fifty eight hundred on Geno Smith. Uh, Danny Dimes is fifty seven hundred. Uh, I think the New York Giants are actually pretty good against the pass. And uh, they're pretty decent against the quarterback as well. I think the play is actually uh, going to be Danny Dimes here over Geno Smith. And the field is probably – well, they're, they're split even. They're both at about 7% ownership. So you, you don't need to take a stance on ownership. Uh, let me just kind of look at some defensive numbers for the Giants. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've held their, the quarterbacks in check. Um Trevor Lawrence put up 21 points. Lamar Jackson put up 18. Aaron Rodgers put up 16. The Chicago Bears put up 11. Uh, Cowboys 16. Panthers 13. So they haven't been challenged much, but they pretty much kept the quarterback position in check from a fantasy perspective. Uh, so I think Geno Smith is probably a fade this week. Not a full fade, but I- I'm more excited to play uh, Danny Dimes and just do the Daniel Jones play. Um, save save the $100, which isn't much. And it's not really needed. Uh, this is a game I might play both running backs against each other in some sneaky stacks. Um, I might correlate and just think this game just plays out on the ground. And Ken Walker and uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, both are projected for high ownership. You know, Walker's at 27%. Barkley's at 15 um, But I think playing them together is a move a lot of people aren't going to make. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to go crazy on that by any means. The only wide receiver I really like is Tyler Lockett. Um, he's going to get about 16% ownership. He's in a smash spot, you know, with Metcalf not playing. Um, the Giants have, have given up points to the wide receiver position, even though they've been able to shut down uh, quarterbacks. Um, they do give up points uh, to the wide receiver. Just kind of take a look at what they've done here. Yeah, I mean, they gave up 40 points to the Jaguars last week, uh, 37 points to the Green Bay Packers, uh, 36 points to the Dallas Cowboys. They did shut down the Ravens, but, again, the Ravens don't really throw the ball. And uh, they shut down the Bears, which isn't much of an accomplishment. So bad teams with bad wide receivers, the Green Bay Packers, Jacksonville Jaguars, has had success against this team. And Tyler Lockett, we know, is not a bad wide receiver. He's a good wide receiver. And with D.K. Metcalf sitting, I mean – He's going to have so much opportunity um, that he just feels like a really solid play all around. Like I'm, gonna pro- I'm probably if his if his projected ownership stays at 15, I'm probably going to go to 25 to 30 on him. Uh, something tells me the optimizer is going to is going to calm me down a little bit and probably keep me around uh, 20% ownership. But in hand builds, I think I'm going to be looking at Tyler Lockett. Um, as far as the New York side, so if you want to do uh, a stack with Danny Dimes, I think the run back is clear. It's just Tyler Lockett. He's 6,500. You know, you can, f- you can find ways to, to get around the ownership. Um, Danny Dimes only had 6% ownership anyways. And then I would stack him with uh, Wandale Robinson at 4,700. The problem is that is what everybody is doing. Like, that, that's the exact game plan. So if you want to get sneaky, if you want to go contrarian, uh, Wendell Robinson's forty-seven hundred, a uh, hundred dollars less. Uh, not projecting as well, but projecting no ownership is uh, Darius Slayton. The guy's got speed. Um, you know, he 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 could get a deep ball and get you where you need to be. Uh, you know, a touchdown and and sixty yards, seventy, eighty yards is fine. Like that, that's a decent that's a decent payoff. At the price point, you know, last week he had six targets, caught three of them, gave you 58 and a touchdown and got you 14 DraftKings points, which is fine. So, you know, pairing him with with uh, Danny Dimes and then running it back with Lockett would be a nice little contrarian stack that I think could serve you well um, and get you away from uh, Wendell Robinson. But if you want to play it safe and uh, you're, you're playing in smaller tournaments, uh, Wendell Robinson's the way to go there. 
and that's really it as far as games I like. Got about fifteen minutes here left. There, there is, there is a scenario where if you know, it's, it's funny because I'm a Bears fan, but the Chicago Bears, if they could at all press their offense against the dominating defense of the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys play at a high rate. Um, they get a lot of snaps in. They play at a very high tempo. And if the Bears can push them, they'll keep that tempo going. And if the Bears are pushing them, the Bears play at a pretty medium tempo, uh, which is fine. And if they're challenging the De- the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to have to pick up their tempo a little bit. And then this game suddenly becomes a sneaky shootout in a dome. Uh, but that's betting on the Bears' offense, which is god-awful, on a short week, being able to do anything against the Dallas Cowboys. And I just don't see it happening, but that's the exact scenario where you win, you know, large field tournaments um, because nobody's going to want to try it. Nobody's going to want to touch it. And yet there's logic into why it could work. Uh, Justin Fields is actually rejecting better than Dak Prescott. As I mentioned earlier, he's the most expensive of all the cheap quarterbacks at 6,600. So people are just going to find other quarterbacks to play at that point. Um, He's at 2% ownership. So really you could stack this game from either side. Uh, Dak Prescott, if again, if somehow the Bears push, push the Dallas Cowboys, if somehow the momentum coming off of the big win against Bill Belichick's uh, New England Patriots on a short week, if somehow they could just pull some bullshit, then – this game, this game could be a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm definitely gonna have exposure on it. Uh, like I said, I'm probably not gonna do any David Montgomery this week. Tony Pollard is the chalk, uh, and I, I think, I think I might, uh, I might fade him. It kind of feels like that scenario that, that I was talking about with the, with Josh Jacobs last week, where it felt like the perfect storm even though everything told you to fade it because ownership got so high, you were better off not in just eating the chalk and finding your ways to be different elsewhere. Um, that's what Pollard is feeling like, but I don't know. I don't know. Let, let me, let me take a peek at the, what the bears have been doing against the run defensively. Um, as far as fantasy points goes, I got to think they're pretty bad against the run. Actually, they, they're, they're not horrible. They, they've held running backs to uh, 25, 22. They gave up 33 against the Minnesota Vikings and then uh, 23 against the New York Giants. So if you can hold a – you know, and that's combined running backs. So that, that would be all running backs involved in a game. Um, so if they could do that with Saquon Barkley, you know, hold the New York Giants to 23 uh, points on the ground – certainly there's paths for Tony Pollard in the chalk to fail. Um, there's a realistic chance. And 6,100 in those pivots, like I said, Miles Sanders is probably like a great pivot away from Tony Pollard. Um, I just recommend doing that and staying away from Pollard. And if you think the Bears are going to shut down Tony Pollard and they're going to force this game through the air, then, yeah, I mean, there, there just could be there could be a sneaky shootout here. Um, unlikely. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go crazy. I'd go about 5% ownership on, uh, maybe both sides. So 5% total two and a half on each, probably three on each. You gotta go 6%, uh, CD lamb, great play, great situation. Um, you know, Darnell Mooney, if you think the bears are going to do it through the air, he's probably your best bet. Um, Noah Brown questionable. I I believe he's going to play. He's 4,300. Um, yeah, Gallup's 5K. Not great projections, though. Um, but if I'm playing this game, if I'm stacking Dak, it's going to be Lamb, it's going to be Gallup, maybe a little bit of Noah Brown. Uh, I would run it back with with uh, Darnell Mooney. Uh, and Dalton Schultz is a great play. I mean, I think that's the way to go. And, and the ownership's going to be there as well. He's about 10% ownership, 3,700. I think people realize that's kind of like the good play for Dak, and he's definitely one of the two pieces if you're double stacking. Schultz is probably going to be in 100% of double stack lineups. Um, you know, you're not going to see many 
if at, if at all any Gallup lamb stacks, the double stack. So uh, you may want to throw one of those in there just, just to go against the field and uh, see, see Dak Prescott, you know, feed his stars and have a big day. And then again, run it back with Mooney. Uh, I think the bear side's just more fun. Uh, I would play D- Justin Fields and uh, you could stack him with, with anybody. Um, 4,800 for Mooney is probably your safest bet. You know, obviously there's going to be no ownership there, so you can do whatever you want here. Um, you know, Pettis is 3,900. I, I don't think he has enough of a ceiling. Uh, Armand St. Brown's a brother. Uh, Aquarius, I get that wrong, but if, if you come to this show for names being pronounced right, you're in the wrong place. Um, seven targets last week. Four receptions, forty-eight yards. So if he if he's going to get seven targets, you know, uh, St. Brown, the St. Brown brothers are worth betting on at thirty-nine hundred. So I would throw him in the mix. Uh, Keneal Harry, you know, the Patriot who never did anything, not not playable. Uh, I'd do a full fade on him. And uh, Cole Komet, twenty-nine hundred. Eh, they like to get him involved. He's a possible play as well. So. I mean, you'd be saving a lot of money going with the Bears, and but again, it's not needed. Uh, but you would be very contrarian to the field. Uh, but it's just such a long shot; it's probably not even worth considering. I probably put too much time talking about it. Uh, what are the other games here? Just kind of go: Carolina, Atlanta, forty-one and a half over and under. It's just not a lot to really talk about there. Um, P.J. Walker is going to get another start. Um, I think he's he's playable, 52 and a half. It's just both these teams are are notorious for playing slow football. You know, uh, the what the the Falcons will, like, get their asses kicked and they only threw the ball 22 times. Like, just terrible, just terrible gameplay. Um, and I feel like Carolina is actually pretty good against the uh, quarterback position. So – it's just not a favorable matchup for Marcus Mariota and PJ Walker's PJ Walker. And this is an XFL, you know, fantasy. So I don't, I don't think he's really a great play. Um, the running backs are always interesting in a game like this. This might be another good game to like correlate the two running backs against each other in other stacks. Um, you know, nobody's going to do that. Nobody's playing either of these running backs to begin with. And uh, they're not projecting bad. You know, Chubba, Chubba Hubbard is projecting for uh, about 10 points. And uh, Tyler Algier is projecting for about 10 points. Both both have about a 20-point ceiling. Um, and then Foreman, if, if, uh, if Hubbard ends up sitting, Foreman's actually a really good play. Um, he'd get all the work and I think he would be a guy you'd want to definitely consider um, on the week. So I'm just kind of waiting on news on what, what, what Chubba's situation is going to be. And uh, yeah, but that's really it in that game. Oh yeah. And then of course, DJ Moore, you know, for a lot, for, for so long, we've been hoping something would happen with DJ Moore. We, we, we'd finally see uh, his target share being utilized to get some points. And that finally happened. So, I think a lot of people are going to be going back to the well on him this week. And I, I think it's a safe play. Um, he had 10 targets last week, seven targets the week prior, eight targets, 11 targets. And last week he finally put up, you know, 19 drafting points uh, when he's been under 15 the rest of the year. So I think people are going to like him. He's at 14% ownership right now, uh, which, which seems a little high, but. Oh, wow. No, he's at 25% ownership, uh, which is a little scary, but people are going to want to see what he could do here. And I think he has a little bit of chemistry with P.J. Walker. Um, that that might be a fade for me, though, at that point. Uh, his price his price isn't great either. It's 5300 You know, if he was under 5K for sure, that'd be a smash play. <laughs> but I would imagine he probably has the highest ceiling in that price point. So that's probably why he's projecting so well and people are playing him. You know, the New England Patriots versus the Jets, just nothing. San Francisco versus the Rams is interesting. It's only, it's only projecting for 42 and a half, which isn't very exciting. 
And, you know, there's stars in this game that are worth playing. Um, by the way, Van Jefferson looks like he's going to play this week. And he's he's 3K. So if you're looking for a punt, and he it turns out he is definitely getting in the lineup, um, I think Van Jefferson's worth checking out. Uh, Allen Robinson, 5,200. He's finally starting to see, you know, positive upswing in his fantasy play. And Debo Samuel, questionable, but he's 7,500. Um, and then Cooper Cup, most expensive player on the board. And uh, one of the highest ceilings. Uh, I don't think people are going to want to play him, e- even in one-offs. Um, but the guys, in the last four four games, he's hit his projections twice. Uh, he's exceeding his expectations 44% of the time um, in the last 10 games. In the last month, he's exceeded uh, expectations 67% of the time. Um, and he's, he's, he's averaging five points over expectation. And he obviously has the highest projection of any player. So, I mean, that's a good thing. But he actually he's, – he hasn't put up over 30 fantasy points uh, for a couple weeks now. Uh, he gave 16, 29, 28, and 16. So, I mean, he either, he either gets there or doesn't. Uh, but the target the target share is there every week. So, he's, uh, he's playable. He's playable, and only 8% of the field is going to play him. Uh, definitely not a cash play, uh, but probably a pretty decent tournament play. Uh, I'd, like I said, I'd rather have pieces of this game than actually a stack. And that just leaves us with the Colts quarterback, who is an unbelievably 4K. It's just like, what do you do with this game? It's the Redskins. It's not even projecting for 40 points. You're looking at 39 and a half. Like, I might just go naked on on uh, on the quarterback on Ellinger. I might just I just might I might go naked because the value is so good there that you could just like correlate like a great expensive passing game, which you really don't have this week. Um, you know, it's just kind of the idea here, just just shooting it out there. If you play Ellinger as the quarterback in the Seattle, or I'm sorry, the Minnesota-Arizona game, you could afford probably most of the pieces. Let me just try to build a lineup real quick here. So, you know, let's throw Ellinger in a quarterback. My God, what's happening? Why isn't it working? Okay. And let's just get the pieces we want um, in the Minnesota-Arizona game. So let's just let's just shoot for the ceiling. Like, let's just buy ceiling here. So let's get Justin Jefferson. Let's get uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Let's get Adam Thielen. And let's see here. Let me just – I'll just do a quick uh, ceiling generation here with with my player pool. Uh, Let's filter players. This is riveting. This is why – Clark here, you know, bounce off off these ideas. and help me stall here while I'm trying to do this. All right, so let's get to my pool. Select all games. Let's go optimize to ceiling. All right, let's see what it gets us. All right, it's thinking about it. So playing all the guys we want to play in that game, all the ceiling, um, my running backs would be, and I have I have zero restriction set on ownership, so I absolutely would not play this team because the ownership is so high. Um, yeah, I don't have my optimizer set yet uh, to bring the ownership down because, yeah, crazy. But anyways, Tony Pollard, Kenneth Walker the third, um, Noah Fant, DJ Moore in the flex uh, would be the team. So. You know, and that projects for a 200-point ceiling, uh, which is pretty good. So, yeah, I think you can get really creative with Ellinger, uh, whether it be this game or other games. You know, if you just find correlation in your lineup. You know, I threw some ideas out there with double running backs, um, which worked last week. I forget which game it was, but if you play both running backs, it actually was was a really good play that nobody was doing. Um yeah, it's not it's not a popular play 
in fantasy because it generally doesn't uh, correlate well. But when it makes sense, when you feel like two running, two games are going to go to the run, um, it's sometimes worth checking out. Like Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Miles Sanders. Uh, yeah, I'm not playing uh, the Pittsburgh running back. So I'm not pool selects. Let's go all players. Uh, Najee Harris, 5,700. You know, he projects decent. Miles Sanders, I, I think, is under-projecting and undervalued. Um, who, by the way, he, he's going to be my play of the week. Uh, Miles Sanders is is my, uh, my pick of the week. And uh, we generally do a stack of the week. And I'm looking at – I generally don't do it. I don't, I don't pick the chalk one, but I'm going to go Detroit-Miami. Like, just get creative with it, but be there. You know, be involved in that game. If you're looking for a tournament – you know, depending on the weather, uh, the giant Seattle makes the most sense. And then if you want to get really crazy, like I said, the Chicago Bears, Detroit, uh, Dallas Cowboys game is uh, there's a weird scenario where, in fact, it could be a tournament winner. So those are the plays. Um let me just look at overall player positions and see if anything stands out. You know, we talked a lot about quarterback. Uh, you know, there's there's guys we could definitely cancel. You know, I'm not going to play any Matt Stafford. I'm not going to play Garoppolo. Uh, I'm not going to play Tannehill. I'm not going to play Wilson, Pickett. Um, Mariota, I, I, I think I'm, I'm going to be clicking the off button on here. Uh, yeah, I'll probably be involved with some Derek Carr. Uh, Geno Smith, because of ownership, I, it just might be a good fade this week. You know, he was the flavor of the week last week. Dak Prescott, uh, there's reasons to fade, but I think his ownership's so low that he's actually a good play. Uh, looking at the running back position, we talked – I think we, we really covered running back already. Uh, we talked the chalk. Uh, Tony Pollard, I think, is bad chalk. I think he's a guy to get away from. Um, three some options there already. Um, Tony Pollard, Walker, Pierce, Stevenson, of the three. I mean, Walker is the best play of the three. So I'd rather play Walker over Pollard. Um, but he, their ownership is very close. I think Pierce at t- under 25% ownership, but, you know, like 23% ownership, not great, uh, is probably – the best play as far as the tournament goes, if you're going to eat chalk, um, you know, it's the Tennessee Titans. They're going to run. It just, it's just a game to, to run the ball. By the way, Cooks is in a really good spot in that game. I didn't mention him, but I do think Delvin Cook uh, should be able to torch uh, the Titans. So he should, he's a great play. Looking at it, we didn't really cover ownership on uh, – Wide receiver. Right now, DJ Moore is the highest projecting own uh, player on the field at the 5,300. The highest priced, highest owned player is Tyreek Hill. I think both of them are pretty safe to fade. I, I'm more concerned about Hill hitting like a 40 point ceiling than I am about DJ Moore giving me 30 points, which would be a, a fantastic day at that price point for him. Um, both of them are definitely in the realm of possibility. So, you know, that's why people are playing them. Uh, that's why they're harder to just, you know, say, hey, I'm going to walk away from the chalk. But I, I think I think they're they're worth considering fading. Uh, Chris Olive is a good play. Um, he, he's he's eating the ownership. He's a little under 20 percent, you know, as I'd say, say 18 percent ownership. Um it's okay. I, I would be fine being there at the field or above the field. Justin Jefferson, 16% ownership, you know, 31 point ceiling. Uh, definitely okay with that. This price is 9,100, uh, but there's so much savings on this board. Like I said, I think you can be able to do whatever you want. And uh, Wondell Robinson, we talked about, I think he's, I think he's a guy you're going to want to limit your exposure on uh, with the same ownership. Um, I think Tyler Lockett is the opposite. I think you go overboard on on uh, on your ownership. You know, try to beat the field. And then Armand St. Brown is just in a smash spot in a dome in the highest over under on the field. And 
he's only projecting slightly above 10% ownership. So that's a guy who I'm going to play 20%. And I did last week and, you know, it, it hurt me, but that was, that was because of a, you know, a situation that just couldn't be avoided. It was a medical issue um, that really wasn't. He's 6,900. The dude's still priced too cheap. You know, he's a $7,500 uh, wide receiver. And the savings at 6,900 is, is just fantastic. He, he hasn't hit projection, um, you know, with the, go, working through the injury um, over the last month. Uh, so, I mean, that's concerning, but the ceiling is real. We know, we know it's there, you know, 42 points against the Washington commanders, um, you know, early in the season. And uh, really, I mean, that was his only smash game of the year, uh, but I think he's due. So uh, I'm, I'm putting a lot of exposure on him. And uh, yeah, and then always like if you're betting against one guy, like, like I said, kind of fading on Tyreek Hill, even though he's a great play, that means, you know, Waddle, you're going to want to be overweight on. He's only at about 10% ownership. So I think Waddle at 20, you know, putting 20% of your ownership on Waddle works it's a good uh it's good balance measure uh to get away from take like 10 percent of the ownership off a hill and, and give it to lido so i think that covers it i wish you the best of luck this week you know i i've won a couple tournaments they've all happened the first week of november so next week's gonna be a very exciting show uh you know last week i was last year i was suspended so i couldn't play my big week my my magical week in fantasy uh so i'm very excited about next week's slate uh, my, my, my gameplay last week was a disaster. You know, a lot of it, I think a lot of people's was because of injury. Um, so, you know, we, we've had pretty good success giving advice on the show and, and, you know, the players we've named as, as good plays have often turned out last week. That was not the case. So, you know, hopefully this week will be better and uh, we'll build a little more trust with you guys. And uh, hopefully Clark will be back next week. Again, he, he's he's getting inside information on Tony Pollard. Uh, he's going to let us know exactly what's happening there. And, uh, you know, Rygar, Rygar the cat, she wishes you luck as well. And uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to join me and Clark on Tuesdays uh, for our regular show. That show is a lot less fantasy. It's a, it's a sports show, but we hardly talk any sports. You know, we just uh, we talk life, and it's a good time. So come join us. Uh, Till next time, have a good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.